and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I'm Candace, and I'm here with my friend Hibba. Hello, Hibba. Hi, Candace. So today we're talking about an episode that I hope the Marvel fans enjoyed. It was Benedict Cumberbatch and Arcade Fire. I want to start off real easy. Hibba, please tell me, like, what do you know about Benedict Cumberbatch and do you like him? Okay, so honestly, I came into the episode pretty neutral. I don't love or hate Benedict Cumberbatch. I feel like, um, if anything, I like leaned slightly positive towards him because he for some reason was like regaled as this like hot guy there's a lot of like mystery surrounding why he's hot or not but he's like not douchey about it he's like seems to be a good person so i was like okay i'm gonna let this slide and like people seem to like him he generally has the favor of the public um i haven't really seen that much stuff that he's in so i couldn't say that i was like excited for him to host i was kind of like why is he hosting but i don't really follow follow all the marvel stuff so generally i like came in feeling like okay let's see what he does and like i'll give him the benefit of the doubt i don't have a reason um to hate him uh spoiler alert i didn't love the episode i just felt like there were a few good sketches which i think we're gonna talk about but it really fell flat for me like there was nothing really memorable about it and there was only really one sketch in there um that like actually captured my attention so yeah i feel like it's bad when you're like watching a show that you're like and you just keep like waiting for it to get better yeah i don't like it wasn't like absolutely the worst episode ever but i just feel like it could have been a bop it was a little bit of a flop um so i'm with you hibba i want to acknowledge that there are definitely very big fans of benedict cumberbatch out there i am not exactly a huge fan of him but i don't hate him for example i actually think two of my favorite films from the last year were the power of the dog i think he did really well and belfast and i bring up belfast because jamie dornan is in belfast and i actually see Jamie Dornan and Benedict Cumberbatch the same. Like, I acknowledge that they both have kind of become these sex symbols in the 21st century. However, I personally don't find them uh, to be my taste for some reason. But I think with Benedict, what's interesting is that I really hope someone in the 25th century studies him when they look at our past because the sex symbol of our era was the anti-sex symbol, and I think it's Benedict. And I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm just saying he looks different than, let's say, your Zac Efron's. It helps that he's vaguely European. And I think what's interesting is the last time Benedict hosted SNL, he did this very, very good sketch called why is Benedict Cumberbatch hot? And I was like, that's great. That is such a meta way of acknowledging your celebrity and your place in culture. And on top of that, uh, I'm currently reading this book by Tabitha Carvan called This Is Not a Book About Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's just kind of about how she descended into Benedict love postpartum. And I think at the end of the day, this episode of SNL kind of made me understand and like it reminded me a little bit of like why he's famous, why he's such a respected actor. And I do think he's funny. I think he's kooky. I think I would love to go to Chuck E. Cheese with him. And even though I hear you, Hibba, that maybe this was not your vibe, I think the acting in these sketches was really, really good. And the writing was not bad either so maybe we should get into it and start with one that we both really loved the roe v wade cold open hibba what were your thoughts on this yeah i really loved this one i thought it was very smart 
comedy and very timely commentary, um, obviously with the leak of the Roe v. Wade opinion. Um, so basically what they did is that they went back in time and um, like looked at a fictional scenario from one of the justices that wrote the opinion, like referenced these people and they were trying to say a lot of things, but basically they were trying to say that like, just because this rule was made up like however many years ago in 13th century England, like it doesn't make any sense at all for it to still apply. And also like it wasn't based on anything. Like it was just like randomly there and like, like every single line was so, it packed a punch. Like it was very well articulated. They Everyone stayed in character. And also I think really big props to Benedict for like, being in the the cold open a lot of times the host doesn't come out in the cold open because they have to like do the monologue and stuff like that um and also for taking on like a political issue like i think generally the people that host us and all are like pretty progressive except for like country singers who give other people covid who shall not be named um but Mm -hmm. yeah like i think it worked and i'm i'm glad they did this yeah i'm so with you i gave Benedict major 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 props for being in the cold open and also taking the lead role in that sketch because Mm -hmm. I am willing to bet when the costume department heard he was gonna do it for the cold open they were like please don't because you virtually need to get into a suit by the time this theme song ends but he pulled it off which is amazing and I'm actually willing to bet that this sketch was actually just going to be a regular sketch just in the episode itself. But Benedict was like, you know what? I can do it as a cold open. And they were like, really? And he was oh. like, yeah, I got it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, content-wise, this reminded me so much of SNL's Sarah Palin, Tina Fey election days. Just mm-hmm. this was such a good example of where their strength in political commentary lies. Whereas throughout the entire 2020-2016 election, they were doing so many caricatures. They were focusing on celebrity cameos that they were never saying anything they were never Mm -hmm. saying anything but this really said something and i think that's important and you know what good job to benny (laughs) he did that (laughs) is that what people call him is benny like a real nickname no i mean okay no i like it i I mean you could have fooled me (laughs) what are his fans called like you know how like cumber bitches oh my gosh dang that's like a lot more that's I thought it was going to be something more mild. Dang. No, see, that's <laughs> oh the thing. He really gets he gets the girls going. Not these girls, but power to you. Moving on to sketches that we did like, let's start with Wooden Signs, a, a sketch that we've actually seen before. Heba, what did you think of it? Yeah, okay, so um, they did a similar sketch to this before. Basically, the idea is that, like, it's like some occasion like Mother's Day. I think this one was Mother's Day because it was timely. I think the other one might have been, I don't know, their mom's birthday or something. Um, and AD plays the mom and they like get her all these like signs from like basically Marshalls, like any mm. TJ Maxx home goods that you would go to. Um, and they have like those cute little signs like live, laugh, love or like whatever. Mm. Um, except all of the signs are like very targeted and they're like they're like you have a drinking problem like like stuff crazy stuff like that i was like excited when they started the sketch because i thought um the original idea for it was like pretty funny but i feel like they really just kept hitting the same joke like over and over and over and it was too many signs similar to the last sketch the last iteration of the sketch 
I also felt like they didn't bring anything new to the table. Like, I feel like that's happened a few times. And like we've said that a few times this season where they just kind of like bring back an old sketch and nothing changes. It's the same. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can only do that with certain things where it's like really high entertainment value. Like, for example, the Angelo sketches, like it could be the same every time. But the person who's like um, guesting with him is going to make it a little bit different. But these kind of sketches, I feel like we didn't really need to see it again because it was just the same. I'm with you. This was not exactly my favorite sketch of the night because I think, number one, I give credit to Aidy for being the center of the sketch and really holding mm-hmm. the center. And she does her job well. I just yeah. think it's kind of, it gets kind of old after like the third sign. And also, yeah. I feel like there's kind of this odd stigma the right word i think there's this actually kind of counter progressive attitude towards the wine mom which i feel like was popularized even before like the classic 2000s modern family type of sitcoms i will say a sketch that i actually did enjoy because it kind of dipped into the power of the dog bag was blue bunny i mean first off i like ice cream I just wanted to put that out there. but <laughs> You and everyone else. Thank you. Um, but I actually wish the arc of the sketch was that they both had memories of growing up on a farm slash ranch. And then they realized they were best friends with the same cow or maybe they had the same <laughs> aunt or ranch hand or something. I mean, I'm happy that it was um, romantic. They found their way to each other. At the, yeah, I'm happy they found their way to each other. But uh, I'm a story girl and I didn't feel the story was good enough. I actually really like this sketch. It was my favorite one. Like I said earlier, it was like the only one that really captured my attention. Like the whole time I was watching it being like, First of all, I came into the sketch and I was like, okay, what do cowboys have to do with blue bunny ice cream? Like, is there something I'm missing here? And then I realized that it wasn't like commenting on any specific event. It was just like a random sketch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like they did a really, really good job of like building the tension, specifically building the sexual tension between Mm -hmm. the cowboys. (laughs) And it was so funny because not only are they cowboys, right? They're cowboys that have like a very a clear like we say an improv character deal basically like you know right away who they are and what they're all about um like when all the uh other people in the focus group were like introducing themselves one of the cowboys i think benedict's character was like i came here as a stranger and i'm gonna leave as one and like obviously that's not what happened but it's just like uh similar to what you were saying at the top like benedict is a great actor right like he was a very believable cowboy even though he's like maybe the opposite of a cowboy which is like a british man right in the 21st century but yeah i really love this one i felt like it was a good combination i think the supporting actors also did a good job of like being there and like being funny um and not taking up like too much space but taking up enough space um like keenan so I'm glad you like this one, Heba. I'm glad that <laughs> you find uh, the opposite of a British man to be a cowboy. I think it's great. <laughs> um, now we're going to pivot 90 degrees more to Chuck E. Cheese. So I will say this. I will drink anything Bowen Yang serves me. 
because I love that man. And I actually think Benedict did a really good job because as someone who went to <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese like way too much in their childhood, mm-hmm. they were so correct about the culture of Chuck E. Cheese. And I have to say, I'm just so impressed that Benedict was able to hit pizza pie in the pizza sky so well. And yeah. I kind of feel like... What I enjoyed about the sketch, too, was that it actually reminded me a little bit of Angelo about how there's kind oh. of a performance happening within a performance. And yeah. you think and there's someone there's a straight man who kind of thinks like this is weird, but someone else, a.k.a. the Chuck E. Cheese employee is like, this is life. And I think that's what kind of reminded me of Angelo. And it works for me personally. Yeah. I love it. And I actually would have loved to see Angelo make an appearance inside the sketch. <gasps> but that's asking for Whoa. too much. This is not the Christmas episode. Uh, but that's that's yeah. what I wished, wished. That feels like Inception. Like, mm. But yeah. I Okay, so I admired the sketch. I think like you said, everyone did a very good job kind of being clear about who they were in terms of like if they were being like the person that was calling stuff out and like sympathizing with the audience versus if they were like this is life um i do also feel like they captured the the essence of chuck e cheese well like i feel like um again as somebody who has personal firsthand experience spending a lot of time at chuck e cheese like it was believable i feel like the thing that brought the sketch down for me was like it was already bizarre right like the band in a chuck e cheese normal chuck e cheese setting those are two bizarre things already and I just felt like they had way too many cameos like it was like weird on top of weird on top of weird and it was like a little bit like I don't want to say lost the plot because it was still funny but I feel like less is more in this situation like Chuck E. Cheese is already a very bizarre setting like it's not like the cafeteria of a high school or like Mm. an office you know what I mean have a and I'm gonna give you the opportunity to veto this idea could I throw your 30th birthday party at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think they allow that. I think you Why? have to be there with a child. Okay, yeah. we'll find a child. Okay, now we sound extremely <laughs> kidnapping. Okay, everyone knows a child. Everyone knows okay, a child. I feel like we're jumping too many. I, okay, I will say um, maybe not a destination for my 30th birthday. I would love to go there and eat some of their pizza from my memory really? their pizza was actually good maybe that's because i was like tired out from like running around and playing all mm-hmm. the games did you hear during the pandemic that they like tried to op- like sell pizza on like uber oh, really? eats or something yeah it was oh, like geez. under it was under a different name but then people realized that like it was Chuck E. cheese you know what i gotta admit that's pretty smart that's pretty <laughs> smart <laughs> I was like, is this a genius? Yeah. Next on my to-do list, plan Hibba birthday party. So I kind of think we have come to our conclusions about this episode. Hibba, are you ready to rank this episode? Yeah, I think I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode a, a 6.5 love struck cowboys judging by the fact that like i just don't have a ton to say like besides the two sketches that i liked um i really feel like it's not benedict's fault like i think he did what he could do but just like it didn't really hit Mm -hmm. for me um i do hope he comes back and tries again and also i think maybe part of it is like he's hosted before so that's like a little bit of a different energy than when you're hosting for the first time 
Um, so yeah, like I didn't hate it in the way that like I was really disappointed in some of the other episodes, but it just wasn't like solid enough for me. And like I said, that could be um, like a problem of a returning host. That's actually super interesting and something I didn't think of, and I want to get to it. So my ranking of this episode is actually an 8.3 out of 10 rodents named Charles Entertainment Cheese. I rank this so highly. I think it's because there's actually little things about the episode I enjoyed. Like, I liked Kate McKinnon's Amy Coney Barrett. I <laughs> There were little things I liked about the episode, and I think together they kind of made me feel overall positive but I think your point about him being a returning host is actually so important because someone who is hosting SNL for the first time the first time they do it they just want to do it well and they want to do it well enough to be asked back once you get asked back what you want to do is actually be the complete opposite of your first episode because you want to show that you have range you want to show that you're still funny you want to make sure your movie gets promoted and I rated the episode so highly because I just think Benedict's greatest strength is how versatile he is. Like, in life, this guy is like a Marvel sorcerer, and he was a cowboy in Power of the Dog, and he plays Sherlock Holmes and Alan Turing. Like, he can really go around the clock. And I do think that showed in this episode because his characters were so different. Yeah. However... I also will say, I actually think Benedict Cumberbatch is a celebrity just a little bit outside of our generation, meaning Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of uh, appealing to the wine moms, like the people who feel a little too old to like Andrew Garfield. And I just think we're maybe a little too young to understand Mm. the Benaissance. I will say like... It's rare that I dislike an episode and that doesn't change my opinion of the host. Like, usually if I like the person before, the episode's not my favorite, then I'll think, like, a little bit less Mm. of the person afterwards. But I don't feel that way about Benedict Cumberbatch, similarly to what you said. Like, he's just not my, like, vibe of person. Like, he's just not for me. And so I don't feel like I need to have, like strong opinions like it, for me it's like he did an SNL episode wasn't my favorite like keep on moving on you know that kind yeah. of thing yeah actually I think you're I think you pose a good question which is like did this change my opinion of Benedict not really but I it just kind of affirmed that I just see him as this like kooky funny but not like straight laced yeah. person and that's okay Benedict Cumberbatch is gonna get nominated for Oscars throughout our entire lives and so I'm I really doubt this is gonna be yeah. the last time we see him on SNL also am I gonna watch Doctor Strange in a theater no so he didn't really do his job <laughs> but like where are you gonna watch it before oh definitely not I'm a Wanda girl but definitely not so that's all right anyway Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Hiba, thank you so much for being here with me. Of course. And we will see you guys next week when we'll be talking about the Selena Gomez episode. Bye. Bye.